0: wonderful wednesday can you hear me now it's your boy larry long jr back again for this week's the cold calling podcast season two episode 17 i got an amazing guest i hope you can hear me put your seatbelt on the energy is going to be amazing up in here i can't wait to welcome our guests to the show hey welcome to the cold calling podcast once again we're powered by my friends at monster connect rawr Remember, they leverage technology to deliver actual conversations. Remember, we don't wanna get voicemails. We wanna talk to actual prospects. Who doesn't wanna connect with eight to 12 decision makers per hour? Yes, that's what Monster Connect can do for you. Now, speaking of what Monster Connect or what Brown can do for you, that's an inside joke with my guest. He'll get it. Yeah, Kathy Black. (laughs) We are here to help you take your game to the next level. For our sales reps, our cold callers, our sales leaders, yes, you, we want to help you succeed in sales. Now, hey, I'm honored on this wonderful Wednesday to welcome today's guest. Coming in from Raleigh-Durham, RTP Research Triangle Park, this guest is a bona fide sales professional, a bona fide sales leader, and I'm absolutely honored to call him my friend. I got to put on the blue blockers because I'm honored to call this gentleman my friend. This is my brother. Let's give a warm cold calling podcast round of applause to welcome in Mr. Greg
1: Piddix. <laughs> Right here. Hey, I, I knew the energy was going to be high today. I already knew with this guy what it was going to be. I took a pre-workout before I came because I knew I had to bring it and I ain't even working out. So I took a pre, pre-workout. So if I'm sweating, that's why. Because I, my, my, my energy is high already.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And this is our first in-person episode. I'm super excited. We might just break the internet. Y'all better put your seatbelts on. Now, Greg, I like to start off every episode. With what I call the who, the what, and the why. Who are you? Okay.
1: What do you do? All right. And why do you do it? The mic is all yours. Okay. Um. So who I am, Greg Pennant. Um. Some people call me GP. Most people call me GP. Some people call me G. Some people call me G Wiz. If I'm in trouble, I'm called Gregory. Um. But who I am, I'm a leader. Um. Sales leader. People leader. Um. I'm a mentor. Um, I like to try to mentor from all the way down from little kids to people in college um, to, to my teams that, that I work with. So I'm, I'm a leader. Um, I'm a husband. Um, you might not be able to tell, but I've been married 26 plus years now. Um, have two teenage kids. Um, so I'm a father as well. So 13 and, a, and a almost 15 year old. So that's who I am in a nutshell. <clears throat> um, so that's who I am. What I do. I kind of mentioned it before. Um, Like I I lead, I feel like I'm a leader, I'm a mentor and and really try to to help encourage people and keep them motivated uh, and and help them understand that what they're dealing with now, whether it's positive or negative, is not going to be what it's going to be forever. So um, and why I do it, like why I do what I do is really kind of back to who I am. I do it and it might sound cliche, but I do it for my family. So my wife, my kids. So what I do, why I do what I do is to hopefully try to be an influence for them first and also be an influence on others. I love it. I love it. Welcome to the show. And I got to tell you, Greg, you might
0: not know this, but you've been a mentor for me, a role model and a guide. And I just got to give you your flowers here, man. I appreciate you. You've been a blessing to me and my family throughout the years. I was thinking back to how we met. And you got to take this back. I want to say probably 15, 16 years. That yeah. was the Sageworks. I, I know this might uh, be familiar. 150 <laughs> cold calls a, a day. day. Not a week,
1: a day. T- tell me about your experience. Woo! Sageworks, though, man, <laughs> it's funny. Like, I met you. I met so many, have, have so many relations that I have to this day from my Sageworks experience, right? Um. It was a different time. It was 150 calls a day. Some people might say it was a boiler room type of mentality. Um, the way they the reason they say that is because it was (laughs) Um, but but I learned so much at Sageworks I was able to do a lot of things there quicker than I was able to do anything else right because at Sageworks if you show the ability to come in and hit goals and work hard they were going to trust you to do other things so I, I love that met so many people that I was there again like people that I've talked to, to this day. Um, And it's kind of like a, like a brotherhood or an alumni association. Like if you can make it at Sageworks, it's almost like, what's that old song? you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can make it at Sageworks, you can make it anywhere. So, um, but yeah, we, we did meet there. So that was, like you said, 15, 16 years ago. So that was before the kids. I was probably like 35, 40 pounds ago for me too. So it was a 50 for me. For real.
0: Oh man. Those were some good old days. We did our time together at SageWorks and have moved on to bigger and better things. Now, I like to call this next segment "Spill the Tea." Okay. Now I know you ain't a zebra. I know, I know you ain't a nah, zebra. Nah. But hold on. I, I know there's something. <laughs> I know there's something about stripes. So I, I had to come in my in my Jason kid. Yeah, I got my Jason <laughs> okay, kid. That's my guy. Hey. That's my guy. Now, now tell me, what what do the stripes? What, what does the zebra mean to you, man? I know yeah. you got. No background.
1: Yeah, yeah, so some people know, some people may not know. I used to actually be a basketball official. I, I made it up to college, not big time college. So don't think you you saw me Carolina against Duke or anything like that. I know we're in the Tar Heel room, um, so I guess since we're in the Tar Heel room, that means we're gonna start fast. And we do we don't finish we don't finish slow though. If we like most Tar Heels. Anyway, yeah. So I used to, to referee basketball. I did a lot of things. Um, in the Chavis league, which is a program lead, a lot of pro players from the area used to come back and play in. Um, and actually that's, that's really selling as well, because a lot of times that's like instant selling. Cause if there's a bang, bang call, I got to be able to sell that call whether I'm right or wrong, but the image or the perception has to be to the coaches and, and, the, and the fans that, Oh, He's right about that call because I, ha- I have to sell it. Like, even though I know I'm wrong, they're oh, like, oh, he's confident with that. It must be must be a foul, the way he, he's confident with it. Um, but I, I don't referee I- anymore, though. I did kind of like hang up my whistle a few years back as my kids was getting older and I was traveling a lot for work and it was just too much being on the road at the time. But, yeah, lot again, Like going back to relationships and friends, that's also a brotherhood that I have. Um, my son plays basketball now and – just about every game that he has, regardless of where we are, if we're here locally for sure, but even if we're on the road, I always know at least one or two of the officials. And my, my kids are like, How do you know all these routes? And it's, again, it's the brotherhood. So um, so yeah, so that that, that was a real special time in, in, in my life and running up and down the court and calling the balls and meeting some of the some of the best players that a lot of people know now. That that that's awesome. If you're not
0: picking up what he's putting down, he's already shared the importance of relationships. And we've talked about this. It's not what you know, and it's not even who, you know, it's who knows you, who trusts you and who believes in you that makes things happen. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes. This is a cold calling podcast and it's tough stuff out there. I know that you're a leader of cold callers. You, you, you've led teams, you continue to lead teams, you mentor. I want to talk about the mindset aspect because Sales ain't a four letter word, but it will make you say some yeah, four letter words. Talk to me about how you work with your teams around having the right mindset to be
1: ready to experience success. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it um, starts with the mindset. Right. So there's a lot of things that you can do. There's books that you can read. There's training courses you can go to. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the right mindset to, to cold call or to, to be in sales, then you're going to be doomed before you start. Um, and that, that mindset doesn't start when you pick up the phone to make the call. That mindset starts the day before or the week before when you're kind of in a a prep mode, when you're in a preparation mode, um, that's when it starts, right? Is having that positive mindset. Um, and there's a lot of things that reps can do to, to get in that positive mindset. I think one thing that they can do is, is visualize. I'm really big into visualization, right? So visualizing, those good calls that you had, those calls that you had, that you, that you were able to set a meeting. Um, and a lot of times, if, if you're going through a, a tough period, because there's always going to be a tough periods, like it's going to happen. Um, even the best salespeople or the best SDRs or, or BDRs have these cold streaks. So having that positive mindset is the first thing that you need to get out of. it, Right. And I know we, we talked about basketball as well. And I've talked to um, some players in there, and I try to talk to my my son about this, like, if you're in a, a a negative mindset, it's gonna come out in in your performance. So whatever you're doing, you have to to, to, to hunker down and have that positive mindset going in um, to, to at least say, set the foundation of, of success of, of a day or a week of call. I love it. I love that tip of visualization. If I'm a rep, yep, right now and I'm
0: tuning in, hey Greg, I'm going through a, a, a rough patch. i'm I'm going through some tough times right now. How can you shake me up? What What do you recommend I do? I'm going to visualize. I'm going to try my best to have a positive mindset. But how can I What, what, what give me something tangible I can do yeah. to really get out of a slump? I'm, I'm in a yeah. slump right now.
1: Help me. Yeah, I think the first thing you can do is to think about what you have and about a, uh, not about what you don't have. Right. So it's hard to be in a negative mindset if you also want a state of gratitude. Right. So the first thing is to be thankful And positive for what you have instead of being a complainer and and negative about what you do have, what you don't have. Um, Because at the end of the day, while sales and and cold calling is hard, it's not that hard when you compare it to other things. Like you're not on a a roof of a house in a hundred plus degree weather. Um, You're not like doing a, a lot of other things that a lot of people really that really is hard right so the first first of all like be thankful for for what you have because there are a lot more people that will switch places with you and what you're doing in a minute um there's a lot more people that will actually trade your worst day for their best day right because they're they're really real have real problems and real issues that that they're going through and most of us are are really lucky to be able to be in a sales job and, and be able to do that so while it's hard always have a a thankful attitude and an attitude of, of gratefulness. So that's the first thing. Hmm. Um, then also, I, I think it's really important to have, um, I think you call it a hype squad. I heard on a couple of, a couple of your episodes, you call it a hype squad. Same type of um, mentality, but I call it a, a board of influencers, right? Like I I, I, I talk to, to reps and, and kids all the time about having a, a board of influences, influencers around you that is going to hold you accountable, that are people that you can talk to when things are, are going down, when you are slumping into a negative type mindset, have these people that you can call and reach on and reach out to and, and lean on in those situations. And then more importantly, I think it's important to be that person for, for other people. I think it's really hard to be negative when you're helping those. So if you feel yourself <clears throat> slumping down into a negative mindset, one thing I like to do is reach out to, to other people. Even people I haven't reached out to in a long time. Like just a, a quick phone call or a text and be like, hey man, just checking on you, seeing how things are doing. It actually happened uh, a few months ago with, with you actually. Um, you know, I was going through some stuff. I I, I I think my son missed the bus that morning and it threw me off. I was gonna be late for a meeting and I was mad. <laughs> say something else. Um, so as I'm on the way to work, I was like, okay. I'm not going to have time to prepare for my meeting. I know I'm in a negative mindset going in, so what can I do? Yep. So I actually reached out to um, a guy uh, from Fayetteville State, Isaiah, Isaiah McClain. Yep. Uh, I just reached out to him. He, he's a wonderful guy, just graduated, uh, and I hadn't talked to him since graduation. I was at, at graduation at Fayetteville State. So anyway, I just reached out to Isaiah. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And he was like, everything good? I was like, yeah, man, i am just call and check on you. And he was just telling me, and he's trying to get started in speaking. He's, he's you know, making his way. Oh, um, <laughs> my, like, no doubt. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a future star in, 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 in that business that, that you do. So anyway, he, he was asking me about people that I knew. I immediately thought of you. And um, I got you two connected. And, he, and he, sa- he said to me, he was like, Greg, I was talking to my dad last night. Like, I feel like I'm doing the right things, but I need to have a mentor in this space. And he called me back after he talked to you, he was like, Greg, I feel like I have that mentor. And all it, all it started was for me, being in a negative mindset. And when he called me back and shared that with me, cause you talked to him right away, like that put me in, in such a, a different mindset. There's, so there's no way I could have went into that meeting with a, a negative mindset because I was like, oh, like I helped somebody. So that's, a, that's another thing. So having a board of influencers that you can reach out to, but more importantly, be that resource for, for someone else. Um, <clears throat> Something else I feel like in order to have a positive mindset. I think, and this is something, honestly, Larry, that I've been a skeptic of in my younger days, um, which is finding a therapist. Like mental health is so important these days, um, even more so probably after COVID and people dealing with a lot of things. And like I said, I had been a skeptic about that in the past. And like now I'm open to share, like I have a therapist. Um, I've actually had a, a couple where I feel like I've outgrown a couple. And, and now I'm with a, with a therapist that i talk talked to um, weekly, just about how I can be positive and, and how I can can still, because I, I feel like there's a lot that I take on. So just to have a resource to, to reach out to, a professional resource to do that. So not only a board of influencers, but a professional. Um, and then also meditate every day. I think it's, it's important to have five, 10 minutes of quiet time every single day, where you can just kind of block everything out, block out the kids, block out the email, block out everything, and really just have time for yourself. Um, And then also, as it relates to that, I think, and this is where I do kind of fall short of, to be honest, Um, I think it's important while you're doing all those things is to then journal those things, like each day or each week, take time to journal kind of where you are on your journey. Like if you've had a good day or a bad day, a good week or a bad week, and then be able to, to document and go back and see like, oh, well, next week I'm, I want to work on this because I struggled in this area this week. So I think all of those things are important to start to have the, the, the positive mindset. So like I said before, it doesn't start when I'm about, about to pick up the phone and make a call. It doesn't start then. It starts way before that positive mindset of doing those things. Wow.
0: <clears throat> make sure that you rewind and you listen to this. He just dropped the mic and gave you five things that you can do right now. Perspective, the attitude of gratitude, your board of influencers that can support you, but also folks that you can support as well. Finding a professional to help you with your mental health and the power of therapy, meditating, having time for yourself, and then journaling your experiences. Now, I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to double click a little bit we all know that with teams, not everyone is doing that. So if I'm trying to do this, but my team around me is pulling me down, how do I, how do I throw them bones and shake them haters off?
1: <laughs> you mean your, your team, as far as your, your peers and your colleagues? Yeah. The yeah. people that I work with, I'm surrounded by each and every day. Yeah. They talking this junk. How, how do I get, get around that? that? That water cooler talk, right? That, that negative talk. Um, and that does happen. So that's one of the things, um, now that a lot of companies are going back into the office, there's positives and there's negatives to it, right? Yeah. Um, and that could be one of the negatives because there's invariably going to be negative talk. So I think it goes back to having those board of influencers yeah. and, and seeking out the people that you feel like have that positive mindset that you strive to be and and having like a mini board within. So, so you can do things like with those one or two people, like you guys have... Your own mini calling contest together where you you guys have your own huddles together because you know you have a similar mindset and a similar goal for how you want your career to be, and not saying that you should totally dismiss the the negative Neds or the negative nas, don't totally dismiss those, but like if you know that they're going to weigh you down, you just have to be able to to take yourself away from that and that's not necessarily just with work and some of your peers at work like one thing I feel like I've had to do. Um, as I've aged and gotten older and hopefully gotten more wise is really try to to step away from people that were negative. Like, honestly, even people within my family that I feel like are negative, right? And I struggle with that at times because I'm like, this is my family, so like, regardless of of how they are, I need to to be a certain way. I need to always uh, be be there for them, Mm -hmm. even though if I feel like they're making bad decisions or, or being negative. Um, but, what I, but, but what I've had come to realize is that what's most important to me is the three other people in my four walls that I live with. So my wife and my two kids. So like if they're distracting from that, like that's my core. Like so even if it's a family member, even if it's been a, a long-term friend, but if they're negative and bringing me down, you just have to be strong enough to say what's most important to you, and be able to cut cut all of all of that that out, all of the negative distractions out. That's
0: strong. What I'm hearing you talk about, Greg, is your vision, your goals. That hey, I don't care if your blood. I'm focused on yep. my family and taking care of my family. You mentioned that at the very beginning, the power of family. Talk to me a little bit about how do you set goals? How do you set that vision that you want for your life and how do you how do you encourage your reps to set their
1: goals yeah. and vision so that they can be strong? Yeah, that's a good question. I think so from a family perspective is easy. So how I set goals um I listen to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife, happy Because um, I feel like if I had listened to her long ago, like we first got married, um, I would be in a a much different place than I am now. Um, So now that I'm not as as bullheaded as I was before, like listening to my wife is the first thing um, that I feel like I should do. But as it relates to the reps, I just think it's a matter of um, really writing down what you want to accomplish with your career, what you want to accomplish with your life, um, in writing that, like writing things down first and, and taking a, a look at that and then going back and say like, who else do I know either here or not here? When I say here, here at your, your place of employment or, or outside of your place in the, of employment that has similar goals and really surround yourself with those people because you guys can help bring one another up. And, I, and that's with today's world, I think in the past it was, it was much harder to do that outside of, of, of who you were seeing and who you were seeing on a day-to-day basis. Like now in this virtual world, like you can connect with people all across the, the world, the country and the world, to be able to have those type things. So um, I, I feel like it's important to ask, right? Um, you know, I have been times where I've been too prideful to ask for help, or but I think if you have to to realize that most people at their core, they really want to help but you just have to ask for it, right? So even if it's somebody that you're connected with on LinkedIn, or maybe it's a second connection on LinkedIn or, or something like that, and um, you see kind of what they're posting, and it, most times if you reach out to them and ask for help, they, they will help you. And, then, and I think that's important to just ask for help. That's powerful. And Greg, you couldn't have teed it up any better.
0: If folks wanna reach out and ask Greg for help, because he's such a wealth of knowledge, Check him out on his LinkedIn. I know that he would love to support you. Now you've mentioned several times about mentorship. Yeah. About how you're mentoring others. I would love to hear who are those most memorable mentors that you've had that have I've sewed had. into
1: you to help you get to yeah. the successes you've had. Um, there's a couple um that come to mind initially. So uh one was, send a mentor was my my first manager when I went to Avalara about, about 10 years ago. Um, and I was going through the interview. It, well, let me actually take that a step back. So first of all, when you talked about relationships um, and it's about who knows you type thing, that actually helped me get in the door at, at Avalara when I started there a few years ago. So it was one of those things where, I had applied for a role there, and it's probably a role that was a little bit too big for me at the time, but I still applied for it anyway. Um, And then I had lunch with a friend, right? Ron Reed. I don't know if you remember Ron Reed. So I had lunch with him. I said, hey, man, I just applied for this company called Avilarity. You know anyone there? He was like, yeah, my friend works there, right? And he called it while we were on the spot. And we talked and I was like, hey, well, if you don't mind like referring me, she was like, yeah, what's your email address? So I gave her my email address. She did it right there. And she said, I can't, because it says you've already applied. I said, okay, we'll just use this alternate email address. So instead of my Gmail, I think she used my Hotmail or whatever. So a week later, I get the proverbable thanks, but no thanks, you're not a good fit. My alternate email, it was, looks like you're a great fit. Same information. <laughs> Right, and so we want to have you talk a little bit more. So that, um, so that started the process. My manager that was bringing me in at the time, he told me he was like, like Greg, like on paper, I probably shouldn't bring you in, right? Like because there's it's other people they want to have somebody that already had a Rolodex, um, and and have more um, experience with with enterprise selling at the time. He's like, but it's something about you that I feel like I should do off the paper. Like I I should go off the paper. I shouldn't grade grade you off of what's the paper. And what was interesting about that, he's actually in Seattle and he actually was in Durham at the time and randomly just had me come in, right? So right place, right time. So long story short, I got in and I just feel like he's a mentor that believed in me and brought me in even though on paper, like he had to sell it to his boss, I'm sure. Um, and then, you know, I, I was able to have a successful career there. Also, as I'm thinking about answering this question, I feel like every person that comes to mind are people that believed in me. Right. Um, I feel like there's been times in my career, uh, and kind of going back to my therapist, my, my therapist kind of like helped unpack this for me. There's been times in my career where I thought I was the I don't know if I cuss here. So I thought I was the shiznit, right? And you couldn't tell me anything. No. But then I've been on the other side, end of the, of the spectrum where I thought I was shiznit and not the shiznit. Like where I went from thinking I'm the best and nobody can touch me to thinking I'm the worst, right? Um, but as I'm thinking about who's been the biggest influencers for me, it's been people that believed in me. So it was when I first started there, I had another manager that, uh, that helped Pushed me into leadership because I had always been successful as an individual contributor um, and was a little bit scared about doing it. Didn't know if, if I wanted to be a leader. Honestly, didn't know if I could be a good leader. And he was he would always tell me, like, great, like I can see you need to be a leader. Like you're a leader on the team now anyway. Yeah. You just need to, like, step out and be a leader. He he was also a, a coach, he was a football coach, and I was coaching basketball at the time as well. And he was just like, a lot of things that you're doing that you tell me, you, we're not even having a conversation about it, but we're just, we're just having just a, a one-on-one and we're talking about what you're doing. He said, the way you tell me you operate your your team, your basketball team, would easily translate into being a leader. Right? So he kept pushing me and I finally did it and he was somebody that believed in me. Right? Um, and then all, the, the last person um, is actually not the only female leader. Um, uh, because I hadn't had honestly I hadn't that hadn't had that many female leaders, which is a problem because we still have way more female leaders than we do. Um, but I also had a female leader named Patty Laws, um, and she wasn't even my leader for that long, honestly, uh, before I, I left that particular company. But she was also a leader that that really believed in me, and when I say believed in me, it, and I felt like she was a leader that cared in me cared about me more so, not just the quota attainment that my team would hit, but also like what was going on. And and she was one that really kind of like tapped into the positive energy and the positive mental aspect and how important that is. So those are the three people. So two male leaders, um, the one that brought me in the elevator and and then the the leader, Terry Arndt, I don't think I mentioned his name. Terry Arndt was the guy that really pushed me into really being in leadership. And then Hottie Laws, who really kind of tapped into other things outside of just the leading the team so those are the three minutes that really made an impact for me that that, that's powerful for all the leaders out there sometimes you got to
0: give folks a chance sometimes you got to believe in your folks for the folks that are out there that might be struggling with that belief this is a great example right there of really finding someone who's going to lift you up who's going to uplift you they're out there you might not have it right now but no that there's folks that give a damn that care about you. I absolutely love to hear that. Now we, we've got a little bit, a little bit of time. <clears throat> Hold up, you said give a damn. I thought I couldn't. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, I want to say a shame, but... I, don't, right. I don't want the FTC <laughs>
0: knocking on my door with a fine. So we'll, we'll keep it PG thirteen right. no GP. Doubt. No doubt. Uh, other than Monster Connect, talk to me about some of the tech tools that got you excited. Are yeah. you are you excited about AI? I am. robot yes.
1: Chat GPT. <laughs> it's funny you say that, man, because I, I do feel like um, you know AI is something that is here. It's not going anywhere, right? And it's one of those things where I feel like we should embrace instead of like being able to say like, oh, like it's it's not. I want to be like like my grandma back in the day when the internet first came out, she's like, oh, that's just a fad. It's not going to be here. Like, no, it's it's here and it's going to stay. So we have to embrace it for what it is, but not totally like lean 100% on it. Some other tools that I like to use, though, um, like me and my teams use um, Gong, which is a a call technology that records call. And that kind of goes back to the positive mindset, because a lot of times with the positive mindset, the best time to make a call is actually, actually after you had a sale or after you booked a meeting, because then you have that, that euphoria of like, oh, I can do this. So you wanna make another call right away. So a way to kind of trick yourself into making a good call, just go have a folder of calls, of positive calls. And when you're in a bad stretch, listen to some of those positive calls that you've had. It's your voice that you're having. And, and then you can kind of trick yourself like, oh, because the brain, is, is is powerful like if you think it that's what's going to happen all right so if you listen to a positive call your brain doesn't necessarily know like oh this is fake right so you trick yourself into having that positive mindset to to the next call by listening to some positive calls but gong is one obviously um the big ones like salesforce we use to, to as a crm to kind of track everything outreach sales love are both good technologies to, to stay on top of the emailing piece i know it's a podcast, but uh, for emailing and stand on top of uh, the cadences and what you're sending out. But a lot of the cold calling with preparation is about the emails that you're sending ahead of the time. Anyway, um, LinkedIn Navigator, Zoom Info are great. LinkedIn is obviously great just because it gives you a lot of information about the people that you're reaching out to to be able to do that prep work ahead of time. So those are some of the big ones. (coughs) Love it, love it In addition to Monster Connect We gotta give a shout out To Monster Connect (laughs) (laughs)
0: Connect. Now Greg, for the cold callers out there Give me your number one Best piece of advice If I'm out there I'm grinding every day Not making 150 calls But let's say I'm making 50 calls a day What's your best piece of advice to me right now? The
1: best one piece of advice? Give me me two or three Um, okay Um I think it starts with preparation first, right? Um, And again, the the preparation is what you're doing ahead of time before you're making the calls, right? Um, So doing your research, I think, is is important. You don't want to just go into making a a block of calls blind. Um, And with those calls, I think it's important to have a script, but not be so rigid with the script, right? You have to be able to tailor that script based off of the persona that you're reaching out to, or based off of the industry or the, the segment. But I think the the biggest thing that I see reps struggle with, and then sometimes it's not even just new reps, <clears throat> they can be older reps as well. Like the biggest thing I see reps struggle with is they don't ask enough questions or they don't ask deep enough questions. Meaning where I've listened to a number of calls, hundreds probably of calls where the prospect or the contact will have something that our technology addresses and then they go right into sales mode right away, right? So so the biggest thing is, instead of going right into sales mode, you ask deeper questions and and better questions and build that pain up even more. And this is something I learned years ago with the old spin methodology. Um, And so the implication of what they're addressing is where I see most reps, because if you can build that pain up more and more and more, before you actually go in for the sale or the the meeting, I think that's that's where reps lose. Because if you just go with that, they, then they're going to give you an objection. But if you build it up higher and higher and make that that problem that they may think is small, the more questions you ask, it, it, it seems bigger and bigger, and then go in for the meeting request or the sale um, as, as it may be. So I think preparation, having a script, but tailoring that script based off of your, um, who you're speaking with, and then also, asking more questions, <clears throat> deeper questions. Ooh, that's powerful. That's a
0: good one to <clears throat> to end on right there. Greg, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us. And uh, let me see, I I, I got to ask. We're, we're going to do a spill the tea All right. uh, part, part two. <laughs> oh, we did that already. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was part, part one. My mind is I, I want to make sure I keep this PG thirteen, but I gotta ask you, what's your most memorable that you can share with us story from SageWorks? I know oh there God. was some wild time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know there was there was one. the car, there was the car, there was the car, uh, the the car incident when we were in the car and we can't oh, talk about yeah. that
1: on <laughs> <laughs> the way to Wilmington. <laughs> That's <There's> right. <her. laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. I got one. I got, I got, one. I got It's definitely PG, uh, going back to relationships. So, um, it had to be like 16, 15, 16 years ago when we talked about SageWorks and being able to do things quicker. Uh, one of the things that I was able to do at SageWorks that I wouldn't have been able to do in, at any other company, at least so quickly, um, probably for a three, four month window, I guess I was, like, the head of recruiting, right? <laughs> so, so we had, like, a goal of, I don't know, 50, 75 people that we had to bring in over the three months or so. Um, so bringing in people, interviewing them um, face-to-face. Um, and this guy actually came... He actually was a, a co-worker of mine 20, 15 years later. Um, but... And and we talked about this. So he came in for the interview, super sharp dude, Um, and when he came in to sit down for the interview, he missed his chair, and he crashed into the window behind him, right, and when he crashed into the window, his head hit the window, and it was like a, you know, oh, like, like, and I'm asking him if he's okay, and he got up, and he did the interview, he actually ended up getting a job, and then when I saw him 15 years later, in my mind, I still like had that image in my mind of him falling out of his chair. and He was right out of college. Uh, and now, so, Raleigh Dunn. He I don't know if you remember Raleigh. Yeah, I remember Raleigh. Raleigh Dunn. And, and we laughed about it when, when I saw him several years later. And in my mind, I'm thinking right out of college, Raleigh. And now he has like four kids and wow. has his own business now and, and, and everything. So that's one of the, the memories of Sageworks that. That I that I can remember, along with you know having three people in, in one mini office at, at one time, and a lot of things like that. But oh, fun times, fun times.
0: Uh, make sure when you're going for an interview, like AI said, you practice. You got to be prepared <laughs> to make sure you land in the chair. But I love Greg how you shared those four tips in terms of preparation in advance. You talked about having a script, but not being Rigid with I have to follow the script. Yeah. Uh, the importance of asking questions, getting deep on the questions and then building up the pain, the problems, the implication of the pain. This was amazing. I'm going to give you a bonus,
1: too. OK, a bonus, What's so the like bonus? A plus one is know your numbers. Right. Ooh. I feel like there's enough technology out there and enough reports and analytics that you have to know your numbers. So your numbers might be different from your, your peers. So you need to know how many numbers on average it takes you to book a meeting. You need to know when is your best time to call. Some people, they might be better in the mornings. Some people might be better in the afternoons or or the late evenings on Friday. So be really intentional about understanding your numbers and what it takes for you to be successful. And then use that as a baseline for success as well. I love it. You got data. Know your
0: numbers. This is, this is an episode of Shark Tank right there. Make sure you know <laughs> your numbers. I can't thank you enough, Greg. Hey, if you enjoyed this, make sure you smash that subscribe button on YouTube. Make sure you tune in next Wednesday. Episode number 18. We got a treat for you coming up the day before Thanksgiving. I think that we won't just have one. But we might even have two guests coming to us from the logistics industry. Knock on wood. Make sure that you see us next Wednesday, the 22nd of November. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make it a wonderful Wednesday. We'll holler at you next week. Peace. Thank you so much, Greg. (laughs)